Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single morning celebrates the people who are making Coastal Mississippi such a special place to live work and play. We have a couple of great guests today, but I wanted to share uh, a a personal thing with you that uh, happened over the last couple of days. Uh, My my dear cousin, Mary Matthews uh, Moore, who lives in Aniana, Alabama, her husband, Tony, uh, died of of COVID. And the Matthews clan up in the the Birmingham area, my, my father's family, has always been very special to me and my wife Ann and our kids and my extended family. And uh, Tony was such an amazing man. And you know, it's it's true that when you go to someone's funeral, um, if they've made their mark, uh, you're going to learn things that you probably didn't know about them. And in his case, I learned that he was a hell of a baseball coach to a bunch of kids over a lot of years. That he was a friend to so many people, very active in his church. He was a deacon in his church and just just was very generous. He was uh, in a traveling quartet, you know, a, a good old uh, a good old quartet that sang some amazing uh, music, church music, Southern Baptist church music. Just 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 an uh, an amazing man. And I learned so much about him. And I, one of the things that the thought that I came came to mind is that. I'm I'm Catholic and I have, you know, I go to church every Sunday and I try to live a strong faith and whatever. But when you hear someone who lives the faith in the way that Tony did, it makes you feel a little inferior because you 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 hear the example that they left. And I wish I could talk to Tony. I guess I can in a way, you know, in this sort of guardian angel way to say that he inspired me with his life. And during his eulogy, his friend who did his eulogy referred to this poem called The Dash. And it's a poem by Linda Ellis, and I want to share it with you now, because it it uh, I got to learn a lot more about Tony's dash, the way he touched people. But I think I heard this many years ago, but uh, but I've forgotten about it, and it's very powerful. And so let me let me share it with you now. It's a dash. It's a poem by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at, at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted the first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what matters most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth. Uh, Now and only those who love them uh, know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much they own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love, and how we spend our dash. So think about this song and this long and hard. Are the things you'd like to change? Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that still can be rearranged. To be less quick to anger or show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect, and more often wear a smile, remember that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is is being read with your life's actions to rehash, 
would you be proud of the things they say about how you lived your dash? What a, what a special poem that is, and what a special man Tony Moore was. And, um, you know, a, a funeral is a sad event. It's a sad event. In Tony's case, a, an incredible man that touched so many people had to die of COVID. It's just a, just a, what a terrible disease. But anyway, he inspired a lot of people and I think brought the family together in amazing ways. And I learned some things I didn't know. And, um, and he will continue to be an inspiration to me. And uh, God bless his family and, um, you know, and his legacy. So now let's move on. I'm so thrilled today to have uh, a longtime friend, someone who's been on the show numerous times, George Freeland, who's the executive director of the Jackson County Economic Development Foundation. They have done incredible work there. We're going to talk about what the latest is economically, job growth, et cetera. But before we go any further, let me just say good morning to you, George. How are you? Good morning, Ricky. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me on. So, you know, I, it's, uh, you know I, I've shared this point, the dash. And about us leaving our mark, and I, th I think a lot about Coastview and, and the work that I'm trying to do with Coastview to use people like you and others to inspire people to want to come back and and, and you know, want to go into the community and find their way to uh, contribute. And I, I guess the, the the phrase I would use now is to to impact your dash. Um, you guys are working hard over there to do that too. But what observations? Here, here we are, you know, nearing Thanksgiving season, and um, it is an opportunity to be thankful. But what comes to mind as you think about the dash? Well, I, Ricky, let me let me just a couple of things. Um, if, if I'm on the show or I'm listening to the show, and I think this is your intent, I know that personally you you, you make me think um, that the themes, the, the content, and the exchanges. They always compel me to, to think in, and reflect in, in a number of different ways. And, and man, you got me again uh, th this morning um, as you're sharing the story of your own family's loss. Since you and I last spoke, unfortunately, um, I attended Mr. Melton Harris's funeral. Uh, Melton passed away a couple of months ago. Melton was a longtime supervisor and board member on the foundation and, and, and friend of mine. And, and I, miss him. I miss him every day. I miss him greatly. The community misses him. But as I'm, I'm listening to your story, I'm, I'm reflecting on that moment that I was at Mr. Harris's service. And, and, I, and I thought to myself, what is it that, that made Mr. Harris so special? And, and this, is what, this is what I came up with in that moment. Personally, anytime I was in the room with him, anytime that I was in a conversation or an exchange, Melton made me a better person. He didn't know he was doing it but he made me a better person. More often than not, I didn't know he was doing it. But every time I left Melton, I felt more confident in my own potential to be better and to influence others in a positive way. So great, there are a great many similarities to our experiences on that topic. Yeah, it is. Um, inspiration comes from so many places. It, it really does. And in a moment of reflection, when you're really thinking about, you know, life is short. Life really is short. And, uh, you know, I think to some extent, my wife Ann made the point on the way back from Birmingham that COVID seemed to speed up the clock because, you you know, so many people we know have died. 
or been challenged by that disease. And of course, Tony's death just kind of brings it into clear focus. Gives you a chance to come back together with family and friends and remember that, um, you know, you're only as good as your last performance at the end of the day. You know, then you got to get up tomorrow morning and do it again. And and are you giving it everything you've got? You know, are, you know, I, I think about this show. I mean, what, what do I, what do I want to do with this show? What, what kind of inspiration do I want this show to be? And certainly I share some of my own stories along the way. I mean, obviously the, the funeral I went to and sharing that this morning, but the opportunity to, to talk to such so many so many inspiring people who are giving back to a community and hopefully you know my, my hope is that young people and it doesn't necessarily have to be a young person it could be somebody 70 years old who just now had this like brainstorm that I want to make my mark you know and they're going to go find their way to to give back to the community and be one of those thousand points of light but um I'm I'm really honored and I'm humbled to have an opportunity to do Coast View and to be able to share so many incredible lessons. And I, I tell you, George, I say this at least once a week. I get I you know, as, as much, what what I know is that the the older we get, the more we better learn how much we don't know. So, you know, the journey of self-discovery and learning never stops. I mean, I, I cite your friend Jerry St. Pay as a terrific example of that. I mean, what an inspiration that man is. But um, but I, I, I constantly am changing sort of my point of view. I'm, I'm constantly evolving as a person inside and out based on the conversations I have with people. And I, I find that to be a gift. I mean, it's a gift to be able to do this show. It's a gift to be able to circle back with you. Uh, and and reconnect with you and uh, and people on your board and others in ways that I never expected to. You know, someone said to me the other day, they said, you know what, Ricky, people are going to forget you were the publisher at the Sun-Herald. All they're going to remember now is Coast View and, and, and the work that you do through Coast View. Um, I, I don't know about that. I don't even know if it's going to have that big of an impact. But I do appreciate that people are learning from this show and being inspired from the show and have the opportunity to hear people like you who are so dedicated to the community and working so hard every day with with an incredible board to to make your mark. And that's got to make a difference. I just believe it's got to make a difference. Well, like like Tony or like like Mr. Harris, I think I think the, the, the program, the format and, and the effort and, and the entire context of what you're doing is making us better. And I think it's making yeah. us better as a as a as a community. And if it's personal or if it's professional, we have to always be about both reflecting but proactively preparing for the next challenge and, and, and the next opportunity, right? And, right. And, and in my and in my world, we have to the, the economic development world. We have to constantly keep those things in uh, in in proper context. Looking back, where, where have we been? How how can we get better? So when we come back, I want to remind people what the Jackson County Economic Development Foundation is. I want to talk about how you guys have done a great job in Jackson County of aligning your legislative delegation and local officials and the and the foundation efforts around economic goals. It's a, it's a terrific story. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with George Friedland, the executive director of the Jackson County Economic Development Foundation. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. By the way, if you uh, enjoyed that poem, I stuttered a few times during it, but if you enjoyed that poem, The Dash, I'll put a link to it at the Coast View, Ricky Matthews Coast View Facebook page, and uh, you can go there and, 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 uh, and see it and read it and reflect about it. But anyway, we're having a conversation with George Freeland, Executive Director of the Jackson County uh, Economic Development Foundation, just a terrific organization that has done so much work. They're they're always thinking about the future. You know, they've got things that are working today. But as we've talked about before, George, a lot of the stuff that you're going to be focused on is strategic, and it may not pay dividends for many, many years into the future. The work that you guys do to keep the, your legislative delegation aligned, to keep state leaders aligned, to keep local elected officials and just leadership aligned is critical, isn't it? I mean, it's part of the job of the economic development foundation no, no 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 question about it ricky the, the, the reality is is that is that the, the the effective economic development equation is a long one and man it's it, it's complicated but a key variable in that equation is is aligning all public and private sector interests in a community uh, so that we understand the challenges we understand the opportunities and we all experience that shared success in a way that's very very disciplined it has to look over that horizon, which could be 5, 10, 15 years out. And I think that's part of what has set this organization as community apart is the ability to maintain that discipline o- over time. Um, I, I, I want to mention to you, Ricky, and, and again, the things that have kind of transpired since our last conversation to the, to the complexity of that equation. Um, a, a number of months ago, I was contacted by, by, by leadership at the Mississippi Economic Council, specifically Scott Waller. And he said, look, he said, we we see the data, we see the information, we see the announcements. He said, there's something, there's something unique, there's something special going on in Jackson County, Mississippi, and we want to get our minds around that formula. So the Mississippi Economic Council commissioned the Godwin Group. Philip Shirley, you've known for years, has, has been the CEO of the Godwin Group, and they dispatched Philip Shirley to come listen to us, sit in. Watch us, observe, and take in over a period of time how we undertake our economic development business in this community. And what came out of that was was Philip and MEC actually publishing uh, this article. And the title is Jackson County Flourishing in Its Economic Development Ecosystem. And it creates from a a third party unbiased observation this thesis as to what that formula is. It's somewhat lengthy and the topics are all relevant, but, 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 but the preface to this, I wanna to read to you. It says, the amazing success and banner growth we are observing in Jackson County, Mississippi, takes a totally different approach. It demonstrates next generation thinking of how we create the environment in which communities prosper from industrial growth by fostering cooperation across sectors, then utilizing a broad spectrum of talent, creativity, and emphasis on building strong, livable communities. It's something we all need to study and understand better. I I encourage um, your your, your listeners and all of the the, the Coast View followers to to read this article, and you can find it on all of our platforms. And again, from a third-party, unbiased point of view, does a good job of dealing with and focusing on each one of the variables that go into what is a very complicated equation. Yeah, I think it's it really is a special story, and I probably could have written it just based on the conversations we've had 
the conversations that I've had with Paige Roberts, um, you know, there are just so many incredible examples of of work that's happening there that that not only embraces the reality that industrial development is still part of the equation for sure, but there's an emerging new economy that 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 speaks to, as you just pointed out, livable communities, the work that's going down uh, going on in downtown Pascagoula, the mixed use stuff, the the historic downtown districts, the, all the stuff that's happening. You would have never thought, actually. The downtown Pascal would be in play as a, a raising the bar on quality of life such that people would choose to live there that could live anywhere in the United States. It's, it's really an amazing story of connecting sort of uh, the, the, the ongoing industrial development stuff that got to continue to happen and, and embrace sort of where the new economy is headed simultaneously. Um, there's no rest for the weary in that effort, is there? No, there, there's not. And, and we like to, to describe that as economic development of, of, of a higher calling. Okay. And that higher calling integrates all facets and all interests within the community to the mixed use, the, the mixed use development ongoing in downtown Pascagoula to, to diversifying our economic and industrial base. Ricky, there's not a project we work, there's not a project we support, incentivize, or develop where there's not a mind and a focus on not the quantity of the investment and, and, and the job creation, but the quality therein. And that implies a focus on the diversifying our economy. There's a story, there's, there's a layer, multiple layers to every single um, success and noteworthy accomplishment in this community. You go to the, the downtown redevelopment in Pascagoula. That is in no small part to Chevron's investment and commitment to this community. Man, we could have a whole conversation on corporate engagement in this community, be it Ingalls, Rolls-Royce, uh, or Chevron, and it, it far and away, it far and away transcends what we think about in terms of the usual philanthropic work, okay? It's not out of some sense of, of philosophical altruism, okay? It is a genuine co corporate engagement in a way that these companies and these, the, these corporations have an interest in the communities in which they operate. And it, it is. It's, it, it is a symbiotic way and philosophy in which we operate. Again, layers, layers to that point of those successes. Well, we're, it even came up in the conversation with, with Julian Rankin, the executive director from the Walter Anderson Museum of Art and the work that he's done to, to connect sort of the industrial you know, base of the city to, to artists and to make it mean something and to create this special, very special sense of place from the efforts that they're doing, the community outreach is happening there. I don't care who I talk to. It could be a business leader there. It could be someone involved in the chamber or someone like Julian or someone like you. All these dots connect. There's an alignment around the creative class and the new economy and the involvement from from companies. I mean, it's just a, it's really an evolving story, and it goes to the point that I say on Coast View all the time that it takes a lot of it takes a lot of work. I mean, a lot of cylinders have to hit for you to be competitive in today's market. I mean, that is for sure, isn't it? There's no question about it, and and, and, I'm, and I'm picking out words and phrases that you're using. The, the evolution part of it is critical. We're not standing still. And again, I can create that dissertation as to all the ways in which we we set ourselves apart 
from other communities, and admittedly from, from the competition. Uh, on the one hand, we're biased. On the other hand, we're always willing to share that blueprint into the evolution part of it. I've got a responsibility. My organization has to look differently tomorrow than it does today. You know, what's the old sort of simplistic truism? Innovate or evaporate, okay? Right. The, right. the, 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 the challenges are going to be different tomorrow. But again, through our public-private partnerships, look, in, in my world, uh, metaphorically and literally, uh, I operate in a room where the president of the shipyard and the refinery manager sits next to the president of the board of supervisors and our mayors and, and, and our banking community. So we have that wherewithal, and again, I use that term again, discipline to prepare for and to constantly evolve. And let us not be confused. We ought, we ought not put too, too fine, or we cannot put too fine a point on this, Ricky. It is a competition. That competition, as I said, be right down the road, it might be across the state line, or it might be a world away. I and those around me wake up every day with the challenge to compete with the whole world for the better interest of our community. And like it or not, we ought not lose focus on that. So aligning our resources um, in a way that we can compete more effectively is, is, it has been central to, to, to our success. Hey, listen, in the short time we have left, you got any big announcements about to come? Shoot, always. We do one every other Tuesday at 9 o'clock. No, 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 none, um, none that we can necessarily speak of now, but, man, I'd like to come back on at some point and spend our time maybe to sort of track back through the sequence of these announcements that we've had in the last 24 months in a way that they speak again to diversity, alignment of resources and interest, because there's a story in that. And the other thing I'd like to mention to you as we get off the phone, you, you got me again, you got me thinking again. And, and just, uh, Kyle, how much time do we have on the show now? Two more minutes at least? One minute, one minute left. Ricky, you, you get me, you know, these things are complicated, but at, at the end of the day, we're always trying to distill them down and still instill them or distill them down to sort of um, s simple principles. And I want to share something with you. You mentioned Jerry St. Pig earlier. What I'm going to share with you now is not just a leadership principle, it's a community principle. Years ago, Jerry said to me, he said, when I was the president of the yard, there wasn't a day that went by that I wasn't overwhelmed. And I thought about that, and I said, geez, Jerry, overwhelmed? You were the president of English Shipbuilding. Why are you admitting? Good grief that you were overwhelmed. And he said this to me, and I wrote this down, and I keep this in my, the, top, the top drawer of my desk. He looked at me and said, oh, on the contrary. He said, admitting to being overwhelmed is the essence of leadership. Being overwhelmed is a true blessing. It reminds us of the reality of interdependency, the need to need others, to rely on others, to partner with others, and the recognition that we are not alone in facing the challenges that so often seem to overwhelm us. That is as much a personal principle as it is a community principle for success. Wow, that is so true, and you guys are living by it. You're really a best practice um, that needs to be replicated. We need we need to see that same kind of alignment across coastal Mississippi. George Freeland from the Jackson County Economic, Economic Development Foundation, thanks for spending some time with me today, buddy. It's always good to be here. Take care. You bet. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll see you after this break. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 